Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast. This is your host, Jamie Russo. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I hope you're all enjoying fall. Uh, I would like to give a giant shout out to our Coworking Startup School cohort, which starts this week. We've been enrolling folks kind of like crazy. Uh, very exciting. So I think there are a lot of folks who are thinking about opening a space next year and are doing the homework. So we are thrilled to have them here. I also want to give a big shout out to Kim Lee. She is on our coaching team and she is awesome. She has been supporting these cohorts and she is a fantastic, she knows a lot about co-working. She's a really good business brain, really great marketing brain, and she's an excellent facilitator. So we're super excited to kick off our second live cohort. We're doing a new live format and we love it. And we think that it's working really well. So uh, welcome to our new cohort this week. And we're having our community manager Q&A call tomorrow. Lots of good topics on the schedule. And Janelle, one of our coaches in our community manager university, just sent me our fall and winter event calendar, which I'm going to take a look at and review. We're going to release that um, next week, I think. So lots of good ideas for member events, some how-tos, some uh, promotion promotional images. We've been doing a little bit more like done for you content uh, for our community manager group. We do lots of training on hot topics like the CMRA changes, but we also have been doing some great done for you content around events. We're um, posting Google business posts twice a month. I think we're doing now Um, images, text, you just customize it, drop it in, but you got to keep those Google business listings updated. I would guess 80% of your leads come from your Google business listing and Google likes an updated listing and it can be hard to think about what to post and just take the time to do it. So we're trying to keep that simple for our community manager group. Okay. So speaking of marketing, we're going to talk a little bit about marketing today. And this has been on my mind. I've been working on this in my own business and it came up in the Facebook group. So someone posted about hiring a social media agency to work on social media for their business. So let's kind of walk through this. Okay. Her first note was realizing how important the social media aspect of this business is. I reached out to someone local who does social media. And then she goes on to say she's in a small, more rural town. So to me, rural means pretty small. Okay. So Let's zoom out a little bit and talk about marketing budgets for co-working spaces. Now, the rule of thumb is going to be 8% of revenue should be spent on marketing. So you got to have a marketing budget. You cannot just build it and hope they come. Except for this person, Sarah, who is in a small town. And we have lots of folks in our programs and in the Facebook group that are in smaller towns. So that's going to get a little bit tricky. Now her revenue will be lower. So maybe she will only spend 8% of her revenue. It's going to be hard for her to figure out what the effective marketing tools are. So let's go back to our 8%. Most co-working spaces are going to be better off spending that on Google ads. And why is that? So let's think about Google ads versus Facebook ads. We do this training for our community managers, by the way. We have some great training in our program to help think about this 
concept and using ads for not Google ads. We do talk about Facebook ads for co-working businesses. Okay. So Google ads are used by folks who are actively searching, right? So they open Google or they open their phone and they say, Google co-working near me. I saw a very funny, I think it was like an Instagram post. <laughs> it was a photo of a restaurant and the restaurant's name was restaurant near me <laughs> because that's how people search, right? So if I know about co-working, I'm aware of co-working and I want to find a co-working space either for the day or for the hour or to become a member, I'm going to search co-working near me on Google or some other search engine. So you want to show up on Google and you can do that by paying Google. So through ads, I always recommend, not always, there's always exceptions, but <laughs> generally if you're opening in a new market with competition, you're going to want to run ads because you got to get to the top of those search results. Can't be on the second page. You don't even really want to be further than the third result down because Research shows that people are looking at the top three results and taking action on those. So you probably have to pay for that spot. So you want to focus on the people who already know you exist because that's a much easier market to target than people who do not know you exist. However, if you are like Sarah or many of you listening who are super passionate about bringing co-working to your small town or even rural town, she says, where people don't know about co-working, they're not Googling. So then what? What do you spend your marketing dollars on? Okay, so Sarah's going to have to figure this out and anybody listening is going to have to just experiment a little bit. But what I do not recommend, so Sarah put some social media packages in this post starting at 600 bucks a month, going up to $1,000 a month. Sarah's revenue um, and her profit on her co-working space in a small town she is going to want to really know her numbers. So Sarah, not that you cannot have a profitable co-working space that's small, um, but your margins are probably going to be thinner if you have a smaller space in a smaller market. So we talked about that on the last episode. So you have to be really, really careful about how you're spending your marketing dollars and what you're spending them on. And uh, so my thinking through what's going to work for you here I'm thinking that yes, you're going to want to do social media because your audience probably is not aware that co-working exists. You're going to have to educate them. How do you use a co-working space? Maybe you're hosting, maybe people can host events there. Maybe they can buy day passes. Maybe they can host meetings there. Maybe they can do their work there. You're going to want to tell them about the solution and how they can use the space. And you're going to want to educate them and you're going to want to show them social proof uh, of other people in town they know that are using the space. So Google's not going to work because they're not Googling for co-working because they probably don't know it exists. They probably don't know it's a thing. Some of them do, but by and large, they probably don't know yet. And so how do you get in front of them? How do you educate them? Social media is an option. However, as folks who responded to the post noted, unfortunately, organic reach for social media, so Facebook, Instagram, Maybe TikTok's a little better since it's co-working is probably not uh, as typical uh, on TikTok and TikTok's maybe still a slightly newer platform, but organic reach is 2% to 10%. So if you have a thousand followers, then 200, uh, sorry, 20 to a hundred of your followers are going to see any given post. It is brutal. It's so much work for so little return, but in your case, 
what are the levers that you're going to pull? You can put signs up in town. You can strike up co-marketing deals with other local businesses. You can host events and work your butt off to tell people about your business and help them learn about it. It's a lot of hustle. And so I think social media is going to be one of the levers that you're going to want to pull. So my next thought for you is um, you might need the gold package, but a thousand bucks a month, how are you going to get an ROI on that? I would need to see your numbers and you want to know your numbers before you spend that money. And my next thought, besides can you even get the ROI, is if it's the only marketing lever you can pull, do you want to do it yourself? Do you want to own that? at least at first, so that you're sure it's done really well and you really get to know what drives the results. Here's the challenge with social media. It's a lot of work. And if you outsource it, it's often not done very well. And you don't know how it works. You don't know what's driving engagement. You don't know what's driving eyeballs. And you don't know how to run ads. So maybe in your smaller market, your organic reach might be higher you would have to test and see. So how much reach are you getting when you make a post? If you have a small audience and you're reaching like 10 people at a time, girl, you do not want to be spending your time on that, right? So you want higher reach. So I'm going to back up. I probably, you know, I'm not a natural at social media. As a matter of fact, (laughs) I'm currently in charge of social media for our soccer team, our soccer league, and I'm terrible at it. We had a hosted a picnic this weekend and I completely forgot to take photos. I sometimes remember to take photos, but another woman was there and she shares the account with me and thank goodness she took the photos. I was hosting it, so I had a lot going on. But um, And in my own business, we do very little on social media. So the Facebook group um, is an area of focus for us, but we most we do a lot of work on LinkedIn. We post a lot of podcast um, content and other content, but in general, we don't do much with social because there's no return on it. Now, I have a different business than you have, but even when I ran local spaces, organic social media is not what's bringing people in the door usually. So in a market with a lot of competition, people are searching on Google. What can social media be used for in bigger markets? So let's take a break from Sarah for a minute and talk about everybody else who's not in a small market. So brand building. So you want to have a presence. I will say that I... At some point, we'll spend more time on our brand building. I What I usually recommend is that if you have a community manager, just make it a part of their role. Maybe they're not amazing at um, social media. That's okay. We do training on social media in our community manager university. And there are a lot, as this came up in the responses to the post too, there are a lot of AI tools that can give you ideas. So ChatGPT is just an easy button for social media ideas. There's a ChatGPT Canva integration now. So even if social media is not your thing, it's, you know, it's it's not like your natural born um, passion or ability, you can get good enough at it um, to do it. And we teach, we actually teach a really great framework in our community manager university that helps you just sort of say, okay, you know, we're going to mix and match these topics and we're going to make a little schedule and we're going to ask ChatGPT for some post ideas and we're going to use Canva and use some templates and we're going to bust these out and we're going to schedule them and we're going to spend a fixed amount of time on social media. So you have a presence, um, but you are not overspending on the amount of time 
because you have to be careful about the ROI. So we can't forget that our community manager time costs money and you have to watch out for the ROI on that. Now, have I seen folks? So somebody posted in the Facebook group who said 50% of their leads come from Instagram. Okay. If you know that you're killing it on social and that it's bringing in leads, then heck yeah. And I would say they should be running ads. I don't, they, they might be running ads. They didn't specify. So always know what works for you. So I just started running ads to my podcast and we just got a whole, I'm sure this is not the immediate cause and effect, but we just had a bunch of people uh, register for our uh, live co-working startup school cohort that starts tomorrow. And I had this moment of, oh my God, maybe they're from the ads. That would be uh, slightly unreasonable because I just started running them. Um, and that would be a really quick trip down my sales funnel. So I looked some of them up and you know I try to track where do our leads come from. But that is the point. You can experiment and then you should ask people when they come in the door. So the person who said they get 50% of their leads from social media, they're asking. So um, when we host our kickoff session on Thursday for this cohort, we are going to confirm how those people got to us. Some of them I can see from our CRM what emails or what campaigns they came from, which is awesome. And that is the value of having an email list. Um, and some of them I cannot tell. And so let's see, maybe somebody did come from those ads. Those ads are just the podcast. They're not even like meant to be sales ads. They're just meant to get people to get to know us, which is often for many of you, that's going to be what social media is used for. And it's just kind of checking a box on the brand building front. Um, unless you're really amazing at it. And I know some of you are. So we've had some folks in our community manager program that just are really, really, uh, I think have a special talent and capacity for social media. Uh, the Collingwood Foundry has this amazing campaign that they do every year with local businesses. A huge shout out. I think they run it in February. So you may not be able to find it. Uh, Workspace Collective, uh, does a great job with their social. I just know, you know, a few, I, I don't even follow a lot along on social media. I am an Instagram user, but, um, more for personal stuff. So, um, but the organic reach thing is really what does it for me. I am really focused on being efficient in our marketing spend, both in time. So the, you know, in my business, the podcast takes an incredible amount of time and it's a marketing tool for us. Um, and then for the ads, I'm going to pay. And I will tell you, I've studied Facebook ads for a long time. We we did run them for our um, Palo Alto co-working space. We relied mostly on Google ads though. So for both locations, Google ads was what was the um, customer acquisition driver for us. Too much competition in both locations um, at some point and a lot of people actively searching. So always, we were always Google ad um, runners and Facebook ads is the challenge, I think for especially smaller operators. If you're a multi-site operator, then your marketing strategy, you know, is just, it's going to look different, but you should still have the same principles in place where you're thinking about ROI and you're tracking where do those leads come from? You should know where your leads come from so that you know what to double down on and what's not worth your time. The 80-20 rule for sure applies to marketing. So 80% of your leads are going to come from 20% of your sources. And for most people, that's Google ads. But again, back to Sarah, she can't pull the Google ads lever. So she wants to do social media. But here's the challenge. Outsourcing it, it's just expensive, right? 
So the social media folks were good at their jobs, although these people had a um, typo in their in their marketing uh, image. So she cannot use them. But if they're good at their job and they're getting results, then they also need to charge a certain amount to make it worth their time. And that may just be high a higher fee than the ROI that you're going to get on it. And probably you're going to be pretty disappointed. Yes, they can learn your voice. If it's a really good agency that can learn your voice and it's like you're doing it, then they're probably going to be pretty expensive. So in terms of outsourcing organic social media and outsourcing ads for a business that is a, you know, one location, two locations, it's probably just not going to make sense. The ROI is not going to be there and you're going to spend more on the ads management or the social, well, the ads management is a better example. You're going to spend more on the ads manager management than you can on ads. So maybe you spend 300 bucks a month on ads and the ads management is going to spend, cost you $1,500, you know, it's lopsided like that. So it's tricky. So learning how to do Facebook ads is, or Instagram, same company, um, is not hard. It's getting much easier. There's some really good courses on it. Somebody, uh, actually one of our co-working startup school students uh, teaches social media and she mentioned she's kind of work, thinking about working on a course. And we should talk about that because I love that idea that's really specific to our industry because um, I think that can be really relevant. So I will tell you that I actually just did a Facebook ads challenge and I had signed up for the challenge in July and uh, I did part of it. I recorded the video. I did a little bit of the work and I just didn't get it done. And I think they took down all the videos and I got sidetracked. So this time I said, I'm doing it. I'm going to get a darned ad up. And so I did, I went through the challenge and it was awesome because they were really like short videos and they kind of got you through the technical things. I have run Facebook ads before and outsourced them. So my ad account was set up already, which was a huge hurdle. So you could always pay someone <laughs> to set up your ad account and get through the technical pain of that part of it. So I was good to go. I didn't have any you know, errors in my account. I had my pixel placed. I had all that stuff in place. So I just got it done. So you might see podcast ads um, in your feeds. You might see me in a video. I actually hate the video. It's so awful, but I forced myself to put it up. It's up and it's converting and maybe we're getting links to the landing page and hopefully people are listening to the podcast and maybe they're purchasing the startup school from it. We'll see. Anyway, back to social media. It's super. So this is, I would say, Sarah, this is an assumption and a myth for a lot of locations. Your first sentence saying, realizing how important social media is for this business. Don't confuse social media impact or activity with community building. I get that it can be related. So the Collingwood Foundry is a great example. And the campaign that they run every year, I think for the month of February, they do a giveaway with local businesses. So it costs them money and they're featuring a local business every stinking day. And how amazing is that? And they're engaging in the broader community. And that is super special and a part of their brand. And they're also in a smaller market. So it works for them and it's probably part of their ethos. And so all of those things, right? It works. And 
for them, that statement might be true, that social media is important for their business. It is an important brand driver. It is a discovery tool. People find them because they're engaging with other businesses and cross you know, tagging and, and all those things. So for them, it may be a really important discovery tool, but they know it. So they've tested it and they know it and they know what works and what they should kind of double down on. And they know, you know, it's important to either outsource that or have their team um, build that competency. But don't assume that it's important because I can tell you for my Palo Alto location and for lots, lots of my members, I work with hundreds of operators and community managers every single month. And for most of them, social media is simply not driving membership. And it's not because they're not good at it. It's because organic social media has a tiny reach. But for some of you, it does work. And so it's worth testing, but test with your eyes wide open and you need to understand it as a platform before you outsource it. So in my opinion, you got to study it. So take a class, um, listen to podcasts, like try, get into it because it's not hard to understand sort of the strategy and some of the metrics around it and figure out whether it's working or not. Do that before you're spending $1,000 a month for somebody to do organic posts for you. Get to do it. And so for Sarah, I would say if it's that critical for her business, if it's the one lever she can pull in her smaller market, she should own it for a little while and get to know it really well and, um, how it works and how it works best for her. And then she could potentially outsource it. Um, what my favorite is to have a member who does it. I don't love trades uh, because I think that is just fraught with challenges. Um, but you could essentially do a money trade and trade, you know, the, uh, if your membership's 300 bucks, trade it for $300 worth of social media work. Um, every month or something equivalent, but actually trade the money. That way everybody's accountable and delivering what they're supposed to deliver. But I love having somebody in the membership who's doing it because then they have the app assets, they understand your brand, they're part of the community, uh, and you're giving business to one of your members, which is awesome. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, but it can be very tempting. And I think there are probably co-working spaces that are doing well on TikTok. And if you are one of them, I would actually love to talk to you because I think we could probably share some best practices with other co-working spaces. So let us know if that is working for you. Um, I feel like I talked to somebody recently who said that TikTok was actually working really well. TikTok's not for everybody. I have never posted. Oh, I posted one time during the pandemic on TikTok, one of those dances that I made my daughter do with me but never for business. And it it could be a gap. We'll see. I also would not underestimate LinkedIn as a platform. So uh, we have heard, so I participate heavily on LinkedIn. I think it's a great professional platform. I think you still, sometimes I do feel like, um, you know, it's a lot of circular folks supporting each other and not necessarily driving um, customer acquisition or driving awareness. So you have to be careful about that. So again, just because it, you know, there's a lot of activity doesn't mean that it's actually driving leads. But platforms like LinkedIn have really robust search features and tools that you can use on the back end. Actually, somebody just left me a voicemail on a voicemail, a voice message, an audiogram on LinkedIn in direct message. And that I think is brilliant. And I am going to use that because it was really powerful. She had taken our community manager university course. She was applying for the job 
and just wanted to drop me a thank you because she felt like it was going to give her a real, you know, boost. Uh, and she enjoyed the class and she left me an audiogram and I was like, wow, that is really impactful. And I'm going to use that. And it's also unique. It's uh, not everybody's doing it. So think about some of those things as well. Okay. That's it for now. So I think if I was going to give you some takeaways, I would say, always remember Google is for people who know about co-working and they're actively searching. Buy ads on Google and try to show up in the top three search results. Facebook is to get to people who don't know co-working. They're not actively searching. You're trying to interrupt them. Ooh, you know what? Sorry, I have to interrupt. I was just having this conversation with um, someone from Pacific Workplaces. We were talking about how great the current industrious Facebook ad campaign is. They have videos of their members and the members are small business owners and they're telling their stories and it's so compelling. So I see the ads all the time, probably for San Francisco. I don't have an industrious very close to me. There's also a Facebook ads library. This is a little bit of a tangent, but if you want to see what other co-working spaces are doing on Facebook, you can search for co-working ads in the Facebook library. So just Google Facebook library and then search for co-working ads. The thing you cannot tell is if they're working. Now, Industrious has always spent money on Facebook. So I assume they know what they're doing and that they're tracking their ROI and that these campaigns are working. And I'm telling you, it's very compelling. It makes their brand feel, um, it, it gives their brand like a warm, fuzzy feeling for me versus being sort of a, a bigger brand that's kind of not as personal. Those people in those videos make me feel warm and fuzzy and like want to be a part of that community or some community. Do you know what I mean? It really highlights that awesome community vibe and the people, you know, they talk about the facilities, but also how great it is to walk into an office and the hospitality and the other humans in the space. It's a great campaign. So if you're thinking about it, take a look at their campaign if you're not if it's not already showing up in your feed. Okay, so takeaways. Google Ads are for active searchers. Facebook, we're teaching people about co-working uh or Instagram. Sorry, I would say Facebook. I don't know why I do that. But social platforms are are, are for interrupting. And the reach on social platforms is 2% to 10% organically. That's if you spend no money and you just post. And that is really depressing and not a great use of time. So you want to pay for ads. Take a class and learn how to do it yourself. And if you're stuck on the tech, pay someone on Upwork to set up your ad campaign for you. I will say that is one of the things that like really I had, you know, kind of done the setup. I wasn't sure if it was right. I've always had my pixel placed. You need to have your pixel on your website in order to run ads. So make sure that gets taken care of and track, know where your leads come from, because maybe social is the way you're getting leads. Even if you're in a big market, the person who said they get 50% of their leads is in Minneapolis, which is in a major market. So you got to know where your leads come from. Make sure you're whoever's doing your tours or running your CRM, that field has to get filled out. That's a non-negotiable. You got to know where they come from. You got to be able to run reports on that and then respond accordingly. So, okay. And PS, if you're using TikTok, send me a note. Okay. Hope everybody's doing well. And I will see you same time, same place next week.